0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: It's been a big week for the two state-owned broadcasters, TVNZ and our own RNZ. On Thursday, the top brass of both were at Parliament for their annual review, just days after the Minister of Broadcasting confirmed that both broadcasters were under review themselves, because the government now wants to replace both of them with one single new public broadcasting entity. Now this is a big deal, which TVNZ's Kevin Kenrick described like this on News Hub at 6 on Thursday.
0: To me, it's a bit like the rebuild of Christchurch. You know, how often do you get an opportunity to kind of design from scratch?
1: And that's a big call. It's clear from cabinet papers released recently that the money TVNZ makes from TV ads will be a key source of revenue still for the new creation that the government's planning. And that's quite a turnaround from 2017, when TVNZ had no role in Labour's public broadcasting policy once it came to power. Now, at that time, TVNZ's chief executive, Kevin Kenrick, made it clear he didn't like that plan. So this week, I asked him if he likes the new one to replace TVNZ
0: altogether any better. Well, we welcome the opportunity to contribute and be a part of it, unlike the last one. Um, and local media is going to struggle to compete with these big global players without banding together in some shape or form to get a bit more scale and an ability to compete. And, and whether that's done commercially or whether that's done through partnering or whether that's done through what the Crown does with its own media assets, we think it's encouraging that the Minister has, got the, has a willingness and an appetite to, to have a go at what's a pretty tough challenge you know and so now you get into the detail of so what is it and is it a good answer and all the rest of it, but but I think you've got to applaud the initiative
1: this week, uh, you told the committee we don't think it's something to be fearful of, it's something to be excited about, um, but the merger prospect uh, perhaps doesn't loom too large for you it's something that might happen in the future as far as you're concerned, won't govern the way you do business in the meantime.
0: Well, it, well, I don't think it can. I think you you have to deal with what you know right here, right now, and what we're accountable for delivering on, which is our mandate under the TVNZ Act. If we deliver for audiences, if we deliver for advertisers, then there'll be some really good quality ingredients that we can contribute to that future. Do you think it'll actually happen? Um Look, I think something will happen i think I think the status quo is the least likely outcome, so whether it's this or something else, I think something will happen, yeah,
1: okay, but you said something interesting to the committee uh, when you said um, all you get out of a new structure is a new structure
0: well, yeah. kind of what what do you mean by that well i th- I think if you look at you know you, organizations have restructuring you know and they change one or two divisions and they bring them together or they separate them out, they centralize they decentralize and and a structure is just that. It's just a structure. And, and what makes it work is the people within the structure and what they're focused on doing. And so so I think to date the conversation has been around shaping an entity, which is a structure, and, and doing away with two existing entities. So what? Well, I think what really matters is... What is that entity going to do? What audiences is it going to serve? What sort of content? How might that be delivered? Um, what skills and capabilities would the entity have? The Cabinet paper
1: uh, was released last month uh, supporting the Strengthening Public Media Initiative. It said the current uh, costs of operating TVNZ, RNZ and NZ On Air are roughly $450 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crown funding accounts for approximately $150 million of this. I mean, you and TVNZ are, mm-hmm. are the other $300 million, as mm-hmm. things stand almost entirely in ad revenue Mm -hmm. they really need you and your people and your company now don't they this is actually the critical part of
0: the plan don't think about tvnz and taking tvnz into the future just sort of park that think about if you were designing a future focused public media entity what would that look like and if you were going to create the ideal what would that look like and then draw from both TVNZ and RNZ what are the really great parts of those entities that could be taken forward to populate it and get a, give it a running start. But but I think if we if we constrain our thinking to what either of these entities do right now, the risk is that you just take what you've got today and put it in a different structure.
1: But other people uh, say RNZ, New Zealand on Air, they put out statements almost immediately when the Broadcasting Minister last week announced his plan for the first time formally. And um, and they put out these statements, we welcome the strengthening of public media. You did one for the advertisers, mm-hmm. um, immediately saying, look, this might not even happen. There's an election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty clear, isn't it, that you were saying to businesses, we will fight to ensure that you have a platform to promote your goods and services to the customers. So, I mean, that's really your focus. That's a line in the sand, isn't it, saying that we're not going to give up all this ad revenue?
0: Well, I, I think the – it's. The the thing that had been missing in the conversation was the benefit to New Zealand businesses. So all the focus was about the people who were going to consume the content, and and in, in, in TVNZ we've got two really critical stakeholders: it's the viewers and it's the the businesses that choose to advertise with us. And and I just look at that and think, why can't you have both? You know, why would you disadvantage one versus another? I I, I do think it would be crazy if New Zealand got to the stage where New Zealand businesses didn't have access to TV advertising to build and grow their businesses and promote their goods and services. you go, wow, that's a world first that I wouldn't necessarily be that proud of.
1: <laughs> do you want to lead this new public media entity? You're the longest serving uh, broadcast chief executive in this country.
0: Oh, I don't know that tenure's got anything to do. With it. I mean, from from my point of view, I'm I'm keen to contribute and be a part of creating something which is hopefully going to be really special and is going to benefit future generations.
1: The cabinet papers that were released for this say uh, officials have identified a range of mechanisms to create interim arrangements. So if this thing is to be in place by 2023, uh, and they say letters of expectation have been sent to the boards to make it clear what is wanted, and those are blacked out in the papers that have been released to the public. (laughs) I mean, what is it they want you to do in this interim period because that's really important, isn't it? that's pretty yeah. key to what the structure
0: will end up being yeah I mean we we don't yet know, so we haven't received a letter of expectation at this point in time. there will be some things that we could do in the interim that would assist the creation of this future entity if that's if that's the ultimate decision yeah you know, and and right now what we're doing is contributing resource and capability and access to our audience data and understanding about the financials of our business and contributing that. And no doubt there'll be other requests for support on the way through.
1: But is that really in the interests of your company and even its key executives to to do this? Because you want to follow the track that you've been following a commercial broadcaster. You need to maximize your revenue. As you said, it's important to provide a platform for advertisers because they're key stakeholders of yours isn't it counterintuitive that at the same time you would participate enthusiastically in the second track of working towards some transitional arrangement to get a new public media entity that will replace your whole brand uh, which Mm -hmm. as you pointed out in the committee hearing was one of the top 10 most Mm -hmm. trusted and uh, Mm -hmm. and most identified by the public Mm -hmm. i mean all that goes
0: if this process goes smoothly it's kind of not in your interest is it well it's it's actually not about what's in my interest or TVNZ's interest this is i think what you have to acknowledge and, and 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 respect is that the business is owned by the the crown and you know and the crown representatives are saying here's what we wish to do with that business you know and if you don't like that go and do something else but otherwise kind of get on and do it the, one of the things that has to be considered is what impact this might have on the rest of the media sector let's say this entity is set up and it's hugely successful and it attracts a really big audience, that might cannibalise audience from other commercial players. So I think that one of the ways you mitigate that risk is the resource that New Zealand On Air could provide to those other entities for them to create and distribute public media content. Organisations will get to the point that they no longer become sustainable, so they would then potentially fail and exit the market or they will combine with somebody else.
1: And just going back one moment to the public media entity proposal, uh, also in the Cabinet Papers, a line that says uh, in Treasury's view, there are significant risks involved with the proposed timeline. Uh, There's an evidence base that shows outcomes of business cases undertaken in compressed time frames, so I guess they're saying there's a risk of rushing it, uh, where some steps have been scaled back or omitted, can result in key risks being missed that can jeopardise the successful implementation of the change initiative. Is that Treasury saying, you're not going to get this done in 3 years.
0: Um, I think what treasury is calling out is the quality of the work that's done up front. You know, you get the results that you deserve. So if you've got really good quality right up front, I think it sets you up for future success. And and yet there's always going to be a trade-off about time and quality. And and ultimately, you know, the the cabinet has listened to both those views and they've made a call. So you know, let's not spend too much time relitigating that. That's the decision, and let's work with that.
1: What the government's doing here is taking perhaps the two most sustainable media companies and, and making them one unit. I mean, yours, because the government seems to have let you off trying to return a dividend or money back to the Crown. RNZ, it's fully funded. They've actually made it much harder for the other players to coexist in the current market.
0: Well, I mean, first up, I, I challenge your thinking around the dividend so NZME is not paying a dividend to its shareholders. Sky TV is not paying a dividend to its shareholders. Netflix isn't. You know Disney is going to lose somewhere in the region of two and a half to three billion US dollars in the first year of Disney Plus. So I don't think the ownership has any bearing on that. Um, but I do I do accept your point. It does that. though, because
1: they can afford to sustain it and let it carry on in the market in the way that a fully commercial one with more demanding shareholders wouldn't.
0: MediaWorks hasn't paid a dividend to its shareholders in the last five years. In fact, the shareholders have put capital into the business. Um, NZME is not paying to its shareholders. Sky's not paying to its shareholders. So they it can't so, carry on doing that, whereas so, TVNZ
1: probably could, um, because the government w- wouldn't want to see it fall.
0: Well, I've got no guarantee of that. Um, you know, so I, so I do, I do accept your point that if the crown creates a far more successful and sustainable public media entity that it's incumbent on, on the Crown to also look at the implications on the rest of the sector. The health of the media sector, I think, is more important than just the health of public media, which is a subset of that. And, and you know, I mean, I'd i like to think that the business case will, will actually spend some time looking at the implications of that.
1: And another thing that you mentioned in the committee uh, was sport. So It must have been a bummer for you that the uh, All Blacks didn't do better in the Rugby World Cup, and you probably did quite well out of the dramas around Spark Sport and the streaming and all of that. Um, However, uh, are you going to be investing more in that? It sounds like you've got the America's Cup coming up the the next year. Um, But is this going to be more important to you? And and if there is a new public media entity, 2023 and beyond, do you think that should incorporate premium sport, the stuff people have paid for in the past, as a free service to uh, the public?
0: I mean, ultimately, that comes down to the charter that is set by and signed off by Cabinet. You know, so you know, it's, it's not going to be my decision. Um, my personal view is I think there is value in maximising participation in sport. And one of the ways I think you do that, because I think that contributes to you know, an active, healthy uh, society, one of the ways I think you can do that is by showcasing more sport and, you know, and, and, and putting aspirational role models in front of people
1: you mean so free to air screening of cricket to take an example more people will see it more people will want to play than otherwise if it had been on a
0: subscription service that only a minority get to see yeah look i mean i th- I, th- I think there's value in it but you know I mean, i'm i'm a bit of a sports fan so i'm going to view it that way and and i think you know the the chart has got to reflect who are the audiences and what are their needs and i think that's you know and it's it's a bit like the recent example that you've had you know with um with RNZ, you know, there is a group who passionately love classical music. You know, there's also a group who would love more youth based music and it's you know it's how do you how do you provide something that's relevant to a broad range of people? And and how do you take the things which have got non financial benefits and make that more broadly available and accessible?
1: Well currently that's a bit of an easier Some for you at TVNZ as it is now because the advertisers make their mind up because you deliver the audience to them. So it's kind of the advertiser. well, yeah, if that'll get enough viewers, we'll we'll back that, then you're in business under a charter. I mean, it's happened in the past. Okay, you might not be called TVNZ under this new public media thing that the government want, but same deal, isn't it? You've got a set of public principles and they will still want money off television advertising within this new public media company.
0: You know, there are any number of models around the world. You know, there's RTE that has got a dual fan, dual funding mandate, um, SBS in Australia. Um, none of these are the ideal. And you say, gee, well, we'll just pick it up and copy that. But I think there's lessons to be learned from all of them. And, you know, I mean, that's the task for Ministry of Culture and Heritage in terms of completing this analysis.
1: Is there one particular country where you think they have a system you think we should be closest to or should aim at?
0: the The thing that was interesting, I, I spent some time about a year or so ago, and I and I visited a number of players um, to see what we could learn from them. And the one thing that was true for all of them was they all felt that their model was suboptimal. There were limitations, so no one felt they had the ideal one. Um, but I, I I think the important thing for us to look at is let's look at countries that are not dissimilar to TV or to, to New Zealand. Let's look at at countries that have got a similar population. Um, let's look at countries that may may have other similarities. You you can look at what happens in these more populous areas. You look at what's happening in the US. Um, you could look at what's happening in China. That's not directly applicable to the New Zealand market. So I would tend to look at places like Ireland. I'd look at the Nordic countries, you know, and and see what we can learn from those.
1: And uh, finally, Deborah Russell, MP, um, towards the end of your annual review before Parliament, um, said she wants to see a dog show. Uh, back on television, we <laughs> talked about <laughs> premium sport. Uh, will you be going back to your company and looking for a green light for
0: that in, uh, in the coming uh, summer season? So coincidentally, we, uh, we are currently uh, looking for participation for people with dogs for a show that we're doing. So I, so I don't know whether Deborah's actually seen our promotion of that and, and Was she's, this, put, she's uh, putting in an early bid. Is uh, this more like dogs yeah,
1: do yeah. the funniest things or is this going to be competitive, actual Oh No, no,
0: no, no, less about the old dog show. I think um, there's a lot of New Zealanders who have pets and a lot of them are really passionate about them. So we think this is an area that's worth exploring, but I think it'll be a contemporary spin on that.
1: That was TVNZ Chief Executive Kevin Kenrick talking to me there about TVNZ's planning for the creation of a new public media entity by 2023, which would replace TVNZ altogether and RNZ2 if it comes to pass.